Welcome to Core Parenting Conversations with Kaylee. My name is Kaylee Kukwa, and I've spent the last decade supporting children and families with challenging behaviors. As a mom of two, I appreciate how overwhelming and exhausting parenthood can often be. So I'm taking all of my book knowledge and combining it with real life experiences to change the dialogue around parenting. We'll have powerful conversations that always include practical tips so you can walk away feeling inspired and empowered to make simple yet impactful changes in your family's life. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to another Core Parenting Conversation. During the month of January, I wanted to bring us back to some of the basics of conscious or responsive parenting with a series of some of the most important mindset shifts and skill sets. Today, I will cover one of the most important and foundational mindset shifts and sprinkle in some child development to explain it. And the mindset shift is children do well when they can. Now, this is not my original saying. This is a quote that comes from Dr. Ross Green's work around collaborative problem solving, which you can learn more about in his book, The Explosive Child, which I highly recommend for all parents because it goes heavily into collaboration not just for the parents who identify with the explosive child terminology. But he wasn't actually the first person to introduce this concept to me. Dr. Brene Brown was the first person to kind of tickle this in my brain, plant the seed, so to speak, probably right after I graduated college, so easily like 10 to 15 years ago. And she asserted that assuming the best in people just leads to an overall more pleasant daily experience. Her saying is, everybody's doing the best they can with what they have available in that moment. And at first, I scoffed at this. Some people are just mean. Some people are just bad seeds. Some people are just trying to get what they want and are self-absorbed and don't care about anyone else. And that was the mindset that I walked around with for a lot of years. And then I learned more about the human need for connection. We are all social beings. Human beings are social beings. We are wired to spend time with others to learn from each other, to get joy from being together. And disconnection drives self-destructive behavior and emotional pain that can often turn into physical pain, such as addiction, depression, self-harm, and more. If someone is acting in a way that disconnects them from others, They are, one, probably so disconnected from themselves, their own being and and soul and identity. They're just that uncomfortable internally that they are acting out externally. Or, and, either or, 
they feel threatened and are in self-preservation mode. We see this happen when people have attachment disorders or attachment trauma, rather, because they've learned from early experiences that the connection that they're wired to seek, one, isn't a safe harbor. So attachment or connection with people is a scarier concept. Or the patterns in which they've previously received connection and affection are dysfunctional. So when they leave that family system, those patterns can turn into some toxic traits or toxic dynamics. Now, this podcast really isn't about codependency, which is definitely a toxic relationship pattern that can develop by some of these situations or attachment disorders. But what I really wanted to do with giving you this little snippet of information is paint the picture of how wired humans are for connection and community. There's huge bodies of research around this that have now really taken off with the trauma field and the neuroscience behind that and addiction, depression, mental health, like all of that has really just kind of brought a new layer to this discussion. And it's becoming more and more popular now. But for the purposes of today, we're going to turn to attachment theory for a bit more information in understanding how the human brain is wired very similarly to other mammals in certain parts. The mammalian brain or the limbic system or the connection brain or the attachment system, depending on what book you're reading and who you're talking to, there's different names for it. One of the many purposes of this system in the brain is to make sure mammalian young survive. (laughs) Now, mammals are born underdeveloped for independent survival. Unlike a sea turtle, I'm in South Florida, our beaches have lots of sea turtles, and we also have snakes, okay? (laughs) So unlike a sea turtle or a snake, mammals don't hatch and just go out on their own and are able to feed themselves and move and survive, right? Mammals are born dependent. They need milk, warmth, protection, and many can't even move in a way that would allow them to hide or run away from predators. My kids love animal shows, so I watch a lot of them. And I'm always so intrigued by the mammals who have burrows or dens and how they really build these cozy nests. And the babies don't come out of those spaces for sometimes weeks at a time. They can't even move themselves out of those spaces in the beginning. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to guess you probably have kids or you've been around children. You've been around babies and you know that human babies are pretty much the same. And in fact, our infancy lasts much longer than most mammals, which means humans, children, are wired to be connected to their parents to feel safe. We have a powerful instinct that makes us crave that closeness to our attachment figure. In conscious discipline, they call us the safe keeper. Children know that they need us to keep them safe. They're dependent on us for nourishment and not just physical nourishment, but emotional nourishment. So when they feel disconnected, their threat detection system is activated, which leads to challenging behaviors. 
when they're overwhelmed, tired, overstimulated, confused, emotionally flooded, their brain needs a reset, such as a tantrum or has a reflexive behavior response like a hit. And they go into a mode to get strong connection from their parents because that connection helps regulate them. This is where the idea of attention-seeking behavior comes from. Ever heard that saying, children don't care about positive or negative attention, they just want attention, right? Well, I'm going to take that one step further and say it's not simply attention they want, it's connection. And connection is the energy between two people. Think of the energy that transpires between you and a partner or a loved one when you're in a heated disagreement about something, right? We might call that a negative interaction just because it's uncomfortable, right? We're, we're disagreeing about something. And if it's a heated disagreement, right, it's building, it's building, it's becoming more tense. There's more tension between us. That tension is energy. And often we're, when we're engaged in a scenario like that, it's undivided attention, I have an entire separate episode about connection, and it's episode 19. If you want to go back and and listen, learn more about connection, I'd recommend that. Now, back to my original mindset shift. Children do well when they can. If you've tried the Instagram parenting tips and tricks to gain connection and cooperation with your child and it's still not working... Or maybe you just want to grow your parenting toolbox or grow your own personal skill set. If you feel confused about how to respond to some of your child's bigger behavior, or maybe you need the encouragement and accountability to make the changes you know you and your family need, CORE offers the weekly support and tools to make these powerful shifts within a supportive, uplifting community. We talk about real-life parenting, not the neat and clean two-dimensional examples given on social media. You can learn more about my core membership program by heading to www.kayleekukla.com backslash core. It's a month-to-month membership. You can cancel it at any time, no strings attached, and it's meant to be on-demand parenting support so you can access it when it's needed and when it's convenient for you. The link is in the show notes to learn more. And now back to this core conversation with Kaylee. If we know that children need and instinctually crave connection with us because they need to be connected with us to feel protected from outside threats and to actually be protected by outside threats, and they need us to respond to their needs to keep them alive, If we know that, then why would they purposely do things to push us away? They don't. They don't mean to anyway. (laughs) They do things to gain our undivided attention and energy. And their underdeveloped brain, or I like to call it a developing brain, is easily overwhelmed with stress. Young children also, okay, other point, They don't have theory of mind yet, which is the ability to think about other people's thoughts that are different from our own. So considering other people's perspectives, other people think differently than me. 
if you ever see a child, one of my favorite examples of this is when a toddler will bring another crying peer, even a sad adult, their lovey because, well, it comforts me. So it's going to comfort you, right? It's such a sweet sign of empathy and, and connection and understanding, but it's an immature cognitive ability theory of mind, right? So they don't yet have this. So they don't have the ability to think, you know, what would get mom really upset today is if I refuse to put my shoes on and then throw a tantrum right in front of the door when it's time to leave, right? That's not a, <laughs> it's not premeditated. It's not a conscious decision. It's not something they're purposely doing. So kids do well when they can is a little mantra or reframe in the heat of the moment we can use to remind ourselves this isn't personal. It's not. The other popular mantra that pairs really well with this mindset shift is, my child isn't giving me a hard time, they're having a hard time. And when we stop taking not just our children's behavior, but everyone's behavior personally, we stop taking it personally, we find freedom. When we're not telling ourselves stories about other people and making their behavior about us, which is exhausting, it's exhausting to feel like everybody is behaving a certain way because of you, (laughs) right? When we stop doing that, we can stay more neutral. We can observe. We can get curious. Instead of insecure, defensive, and maybe even try and control the situation, so over-controlling or combative. I find the saying children do well when they can helpful because it reminds me of my child's need for support. The world and all of its stimuli and demands are continuously new experiences for my child. And just because they could do something yesterday does not mean they can do it today. Those neural pathways are still being forged. I visualize like a stream, like carving through a forest or something. It's just starting. And when the water trickle slows down or maybe dries up altogether, sand kind of fills in that space really easily. You just see the sand whooshing down the riverbank a little bit and it fills it in and the water either gets rerouted or it might get backed up, might get clogged there, right? Until that riverbed gets more established, more water is moving through and the stream is steady through it. And this is much like newly forged neural pathways in our children's brains, Another example, understanding language and its nuances, literally learning new words every day, (laughs) learning how to recall those words and use them to share my own experience, wants, needs, are all fairly new concepts to children. And those parts of their brain, those language processing centers, aren't fully developed yet. They're wiring a brain while they're experiencing life for the first time simultaneously. And I kind of think of this as like if you've ever remodeled your house and lived in it at the same time, it's very stressful, <laughs> right? Because it's, it's hard to juggle both of those things at once. 
knowing that children crave connection with their attachment figure and that they are continuously striving to learn new skills because they have that curiosity wired into them, I am reminded that they are wired to do well. They are wired to stay connected to us. They are wired to try and do things, new things for the first time or do it independently. So if they're struggling, it's not a choice or a character flaw or a moral failing. My child isn't bad or destined to be the cautionary tale because he hits a sibling. They are offering all that they have in that moment. In some moments, they just have less to give. And come on, isn't that true of like all people, (laughs) adults and children alike? Some days we just have more to give and some days we have less. I mean, I have less. I'll just speak for myself here. On the days I have less, would it make sense that I'd be able to do more because someone yells at me or shames me or guilts me? No. Generally, I do even less, less. (laughs) Generally, we can give more later on when we have time to recharge, refuel, because we've practiced some self-compassion. Our children need and deserve the same grace as we adults need and deserve. Now, do these concepts take away like the emotional side for us altogether? No. I can still get totally frustrated by my children's behavior. Like, let's be real about this. (laughs) In fact, this is one of the first shifts I made as a parent. And I made this shift over five years ago at this point. The kids go back to school after Christmas break or holiday break tomorrow. And like yesterday, (laughs) I'm like done. I'm done. And so I was very easily frustrated by certain things my kids did. So it still happens. It still feels, it can easily feel like, oh, why do you have to make this so hard for me? Why are you doing this to me? Right? I can still slip down into that space in my brain and in those scripts. But here's the but. I'm able to catch that script. Thank you, regulation practice. Go back one episode if you want to learn more about regulation because I'm aware of it right? I'm aware of the script. I'm able to hear it. And then I'm able to reframe it with one of the mantras, like children do well when they can. This helps me approach my child less reactively and more responsively with compassion, curiosity, connection, and confidence. My four C's. Sprinkle in some collaboration for the fifth one (laughs) and focus on supporting them and modeling skills instead of getting stuck with arbitrary punishments or threats. So I hope this shift was helpful for you today. Your takeaway action step is to apply this mantra, children do well when they can, or they're not giving me a hard time, they're having a hard time. When you feel yourself beginning to slip down the spiral of taking behavior personally. If you need extra tools for this, check out my free printable material. I make this every year. Well, I've made it for the past few years. And it's the top 10 scripts and shifts from the year before. So from 2022. It's a PDF file with simple mantras, sayings, reframes, and they're printed in like on sticky note size. 
So you can print them out and cut them out and hang them around your house as gentle reminders. I used to put mine on the dashboard in my car, kitchen cabinets, bathroom mirrors, closet, wherever you like spend time. You know, you have a moment, literally a moment. (laughs) It's my annual gift to my community for just being such an incredible part of changing the world because it starts within ourselves and within our homes. To find the link, head to the show notes. I'll link it in there for you. And core members also have access to it. And they also have access to a supplementary workshop that goes along with the shifts and scripts so that you can learn more about it, learn more about how to apply them, what they mean, get more of an explanation, kind of like what I did for you today with this one. If you want to learn more about how to gain access to all the membership stuff, go ahead and go to the show notes. It's my core community. Um, It will be linked in there as well for you. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. If you found this podcast helpful, please consider sharing it with a friend or writing a review. All of that helps podcasters share their content with the people who want to learn more about this and who want to be a part of this mission of changing the world one person, one child, one family at a time. Thank you so much for being here and have a wonderful week. 